Let's pray. Father, um, it's about you. This is all about you. Delight to gather together, to be reminded of you, the strong tower, you, the deliverer, you, the mighty one. Lord God, you are, you are a very big God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, boys, you ready today? We are uh, in a series called Bringing It Home. And as the picture illustrates here, and maybe I could add to it, it's basically this. We're looking at lives and our lives and our life And we're going, God, how's it looking? We want to bring truth to our life. And uh, today, men, it's our day. Woo! I've already had a few jokes about how they felt sick this morning before getting out of bed. Uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking through this week, uh, seriously, how to go about actually presenting this. I've taught a lot over the years on the role of the husband and wife, and uh, I'm just letting you know I'm going about it a bit different today. And um, oftentimes the role of husband and wife is kind of taught in maybe what I would say a definition format. In other words, kind of clarifying here's exactly what it is definition-wise. I've really made the decision today to go about it from here's what it looks like kind of approach. And uh, I am just jazzed about it. And uh, also during this week, uh, as a husband, uh, had to wrestle with it in my own life. And I look forward to bringing it, guys, and allowing you to wrestle with it. Ladies, I need to talk to you for a minute. I want you to know, love you. And uh, I have two suggestions for you today as you hear and as you listen today. Number one, this is not a battle of the sexes. And uh, I'm telling you this, this is going to be heavy today. This is kind of a guy talking to the guys. Um. And it's going to be heavy, and there's a couple ways you could respond. One way you could respond is like this. Yeah, dog, you tell him. <laughs> yeah, I have been so waiting for someone to lay that out there for him. Uh, nudge, nudge. Um, not the way to listen this morning, ladies. Uh, instead, really, here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you today, I hope, I've been praying all week, that today you would go, wow. That's serious, serious stuff on his shoulders. Wow. Wow. 
Are there things I'm doing that could help him? Wow, that's heavy. Well, are there things I can be changing that would help him to be that? Ladies, that's your job today. No nitpicking. No list building. No playing the Holy Spirit. Jobs already taken. Okay? Besides, your week is next week. <laughs> Secondly, remember Matthew 7, 2, that says, For in the same way you judge, you will be judged. With the measure you used, it will be measured of you. With the measured ladies that you use to judge, and in fact, here, just to help you, it's going to be right there this morning. And as we're talking and as you look, you remember, with the measure I judge him, I will be judged. Be gracious. Be gracious. Okay? Well, let's do a little review from last week. Little review from last week. What is God's purpose for marriage? <laughs> what is God's purpose for marriage? Who remembers? A living picture. A living picture. A living picture of what? Of Christ and the church. A living picture of Christ and the church. And guys, today we're talking about your part of that picture. Next week, ladies, we're going to talk about from the scriptures, your part of that picture It's to be a living picture, a real living picture. Someone who looks and, and says, wow, there, if I were to like put Jesus on the church and them, that couple together, I see a lot of similarities going on. OK, a living picture. That's God's purpose of the Christ in the church. And then the next thing we talk about is how What's God's design for that. There are three things. You remember what the three were? Leave, cleave, and weave. And we saw those in Ephesians 5 as well as in Genesis. Leave, cleave, and weave. You're to leave your parents and to cleave, hold fast to your wife. And you're to weave together and become one flesh. And that is a lifelong process of doing it. Well, today we're going to be talking about God's kind of husband. So guys... Buckle up. You ready? Here we go, boys. I am cranked. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And if you don't have a Bible with you, we want for you to have a Bible. Um, we're big about the Bible around here, not just talking about it, but getting into it. Ephesians chapter 5. Now, the context in Ephesians is the first three chapters. The Apostle Paul is writing to the people in Ephesus. And the first three chapters are really about what it means to be brought to Christ. Kind of the theology behind what it means to be a Christian. And then the last three chapters, 4, 5, and 6, talk about the aspect of how to now live as a believer in Christ. This is how you were brought to Christ. Now, this is teaching them how to live for Christ. And we are right now in chapter 5 in a section where Paul is talking about the harmonious relationships, and he reflects them in various things. First, the part we're going to get into is he talks about reflecting them in husbands and wives. What does a harmonious relationship look like as a husband and wife? And then he talks about after that, he talks about what is a harmonious relationship supposed to look like with a parent-child, and then an employee-boss. 
Now, I want to bring up the text kind of in what I'm calling a topographical map. Topographical map, we're not going to be reading this, but I want, I've color-coded this for a couple reasons. One, do you kind of, I don't know if you can tell, maybe it's a little less distinct here than it is on my computer. Do you see the pink lines kind of up there, over here, and down here? Ladies, that's all it says to you. Isn't that cool? <laughs> no, we'll get there next week. And then the light blue stuff, kind of up there and over here and over here and over here and over here. Those are to the guys. Guys, God's got a lot to say to us. Maybe because we need help with a little bit more discussion on it. But really, Ephesians 5 is speaking more to a husband than to a wife. Speaking to both, but a lot of uh, uh, data is contained in the husband. All the yellow stuff in there, that's the parts that are talking directly about the illustration of Christ in the church. Here's my point. Listen, if you take out the understanding of Christ in the church, the rest of it doesn't make sense. Because, look, do you see the underlined words, the therefore, the just as, in the same way, as, as, so also, as, as, as. Everything's being related to this illustration of Christ in the church. And if we don't have that, it makes no sense. And so part of my job is making sure that we understand the flow of that and we see the reality of that. This is about husbands, you living like Christ. I'm going to clarify that. Believe me in just a moment here. All right? And why is this talking about you as the church? And there's a picture here. And it's cool. It's God's design. You ready? You ready? Let's go. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's pick up in verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as, uh, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now let me clarify some things here. Guys, you are not Jesus. Let's just make that sure. You are not Jesus and you are not the Savior. And why in many ways I laugh at that, the fact is, is many guys act like that's what it's saying. And it's not. Headship is not superiority. It's not unlimited. It's not all about a decision-making paradigm. It's not about you on the throne. Headship is a reflection of Jesus Christ. Not Jesus Christ on the throne, but Jesus Christ on the cross. Huge difference. (laughs) Huge difference. And we're going to see what we're talking about there and here in just a second. Headship is a call to first responsibility. Headship is a call to this, guys, sports. You ready? Step up to the plate. Guys, step up to the plate. It's a call to get serious about you as a man and a husband and to get in God's game. Guys, your head is on the chopping block before God first. I remember back in Genesis, if you know the story, Adam and Eve sinned, both guilty of sin. Who did God go asking for first? Adam. That's the time I think Adam wished he was a wife. And I mean that seriously. 
Now, understand in this, did God address both of them? Absolutely he did. He had some serious things to say to Adam, and he had some serious things to say to Eve. Both are held accountable. Both have 100% responsibility for their choices. But God went after Adam first. There is a first responsibility. Guys, you are the pace setter in the home. You're the lead batter. Or is your head in the sand? Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, do what? What are husbands supposed to do? Hello. Love. Husbands are supposed to love. By the way, love is a verb. It's a present active imperative verb. Imperative means that it's a command. Husbands, you must love is what that is really saying. It's a present active. In other words, it's a continuous verb. It could be said this way. Husbands, you must presently, continuously, and actively love your wives. And it's too bad sometimes we don't get all of that in the English. But that's what it's saying. It's an intense statement that Paul is making. It's a command. It's love your wife. Not love other women. Your wife. In fact, let's change our first point. Husbands, step up to the love plate. That's what we're talking about here. Guys, step up. To the love plate. You have a first responsibility. There is a headship reality. We're going to clarify some of that in a little bit here as well. But you have a first responsibility and you step up to the love plate. Well, what does that look? Oh, in fact, how? Well, look, husbands, you must continuously, presently, actively love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church. Hey, how do I love my wife just like Christ loved the church? That kind of love. Like that. Like what? Like that. Like who? Like Jesus. That's who. Uh, Just like Jesus loved the church. And that matter. And now this is the kicker, guys. I don't like this one here. Listen to this. This is so huge for me this last week, last while in preparing for this. This is, I'm just, I'm telling you, for me personally, I've gone through this again and again and again over the years. But get this one. I'm going to explain it here. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, I always heard that. But let let me clarify what's being talked about. In Matthew 18, the giving up. In Matthew 18, it's used for the good master. The same word is used when he talks about how he hands over the unforgiving servant. So he hands over. Matthew 27, Pilate delivers over Jesus Christ to be crucified. Same word is being used. John 19:30, Jesus Christ is on the cross and he gives over his spirit. Technically, Jesus never died like you and I died. He gave over his life even cooler. On the cross, Christ gave over. He gave up his life for who? For people, for his church, for his people. Guys, that's us. (laughs) Not talking about the going to the cross. Luke 22, 48. Jesus Christ and the disciples are in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
There they are. There they're praying. And uh, Judas comes and he brings soldiers, right? He brings a crowd along and he comes to Jesus. And what does, Jesus, what does Judas do in order to recognize and let them know who Jesus is? He gives them a kiss. He gives them a kiss and Christ responds in Luke twenty two forty eight. Judas, would you betray? Same root word. Would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Would you give over the Son of Man with a kiss? Guys, seriously, listen to me. I never knew this when I got married. When I got married and I said, I do, what I was saying, what God wanted me to be saying, literally was, at this point in time, I betray myself and I give myself over for her. Guys, this is about betraying ourselves. This is about my life is not my life. I'm giving it over to her. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. That's exactly what Christ did. Husbands, it's about betraying ourselves. Betraying ourselves like Judas betrayed Jesus. It's like Jesus betrayed himself on the cross. That's the way I need to be at home. Holy cow! I've never heard it taught that way. I hope I'm not teaching heresy. But I'm telling you, that's what it says. That's what it is. And I don't know if I've had that kind of mindset. I've wanted for my wife and I to be happy and to be blessed and to be used by God. But have I literally looked at it as like, listen, I'm married to her and it's not about me anymore. I'm over. I'm done. I betrayed myself. Goodness gracious. That's intense, God. Right? Guys, step up to the love plate, and let me say it this way, and kiss yourself goodbye. Step up to the love plate and kiss yourself goodbye. I cannot, I I could just say this over and over again, trying to express to you how this has rocked me in the last while. This is way more than I've thought it's been before. Guys, husbands, is that your mindset? If it hasn't been, join me in changing and realizing that this marriage thing is about me stepping up to the plate. And, bye, Doug. I'm over. Just like Jesus did going to the cross. Wow. But, Doug, you don't know my wife. But I remember Jesus going down the road to Golgotha. 
and some people crying and awed and most spitting and mocking. Like Jesus! It doesn't matter about her, guys. It doesn't matter. You betray yourself for her. It's not about how she responds to you. It's about how you respond to her for God. Ladies, and can I just say this seriously? Do, do you feel the weight? I, I mean, listen to me. It doesn't say this to you. And we're going to talk about what's said to you. Does it mean that I don't have to give up? It's all about me? <laughs> Next week. Um, but listen to me. I'm serious. Wives, ladies, do you see this? Do you sit there and go, wow. What am I doing that could help him betray himself better? Are there things I'm doing that's making it harder for him to do that? How are you being a helper to him to do that uh, next week? Uh, Karen, come here. She's going to help me here for a second. And ladies, I just this way. Um, husbands, what are we supposed to do? Love. And love in what kind of manner? Like Christ. But keep going with me. Betray ourselves. So I'm supposed to love it and I'm supposed to betray myself for who? Okay, so my wife. So here I've got this heavy-duty responsibility. I'm supposed to betray myself in my life. Woo! Okay, now, ladies, for illustration purposes, you have the opportunity to help your husband or to make it harder. Let's illustrate making it harder. Okay, wow, man, I've got this load on my life. And oh, <laughs> Okay, I guess I will. Uh, see? And, and now, let's change it. A woman who gets the load of it. And I'm like, man, I'm a guy and I have such a hard time betraying myself. But when you have a wife that's... I'm like, betray myself. I don't know. Whoa. But betraying myself. Whoa. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I just, ladies, I want to, okay, babe, I want to help you see you have, and this is next week, you have the ability to help your husband immensely. If like you are like the father receiving the prodigal son who says, you know, man, I'm so not there. And the father receiving the prodigal son and actually coming to him to help rather than the brother standing there and go, when he meets my expectations, I will. By the way, guys, we struggle in general with laziness and women in general struggle with criticalness. And these two have a way of these of us guys just being lazy in relationships, lazy in a relationship with God, lazy in a relationship with our wives, because it's all about me. Because I love me. I'm so wonderful. And I'm so fun. 
And, and we have a hard time giving this up to come over here. And yet when you, you can help, you can help, you can help. And I want to tell you, this is a harmonious relationship when betrayal is taking place and helping is taking place. And the two, literally, he's about her and she's about him. And in that kind of relationship, she cranks him up. I'll betray because I got that. And she's like, oh, he's not perfect at all. But wow, I so appreciate how he's trying. Well, guys, it's about betraying ourselves. That's who we're on today, right? The ladies, you can help so much. And we'll continue talking about that next week. Jesus Christ betrayed himself for what purpose? Let's look at verse 26. Let's pick up verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Sanctify her, making her holy, dedicating her. It's setting her apart above everything else. Well, how? Answer, through the washing of the word. Ooh, that's very interesting. Through the washing of the word. Mr. First Responsibility, how much is the word being brought into your home? Uh, we'll talk later in parenting Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whether you walk, whether you lay down, whether you watch TV, whether you go on a hike, whether you go out bowling, whether you go do things around the house, whether you're mowing the lawn, whether you're doing whatever. The Word of God is to be a part of that. Mr. First Responsibility, step up to the plate, kiss ourselves goodbye, and start being a man of the Word. Because it's about sanctifying her. By the way, uh, singles, there's, think of the dating implications. I just can't go any further. Think of the dating implications of all of this so far. Guys, single guys. Are you looking at this as though, are you treating if there's a significant someone in your life and you're dating someone? Or are you the kind of guy who's stepping up to the plate and being a love meister? Ah, uh, in the right kind of way. Like Christ. Are you working on kissing yourself goodbye in the process for her? Are you working on how can you help her? Are, 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 are you getting along, getting with to help her or other things? Guys, it's a big deal. Ladies as well. So why sanctify her? Well, verse 27. So that, oh, I love this. So that he might present the church, talking about Christ, to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy, without blemish. Christ is about presenting the church in splendor. He's doing everything he can to help the church. You and I, those who are know Christ as their Savior, to, he is actively involved in our lives, helping us along through life for the purpose of growing us. God's love is not a pampering love. God's love is a perfecting love. And for us guys... Guys, the idea is we are to be about presenting her or preparing to present her for presentation. We're about preparing her for her presentation. Karen, come here a second again. 
Listen, Jesus Christ, there is going to be one day when his church is going to be come together and is going to be presented before the Godhead. How cool is that? There's going to be to himself. And yet here, as a husband who's betrayed myself, I'm looking at this and I've got my wife. And one day I'm looking to where my wife, one day before God, when I die, we're dying together, by the way. When, when I die and I come, I am present. She's out in front, not like I'm dodging darts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's called a wimp. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> and said, what I'm doing is I'm coming like, God, that's my life. That's what represents me. God, everything she is, that's what I have been about when I got married to her. And at that point in time, God is going to go either. <laughs> nice try. And I'm sure that's going to be wrapped in there. But at the same time, as I do this, I want for this to be, I present her to the Lord as my wife, as the one of I betrayed myself, as Christ is presenting the church to the Godhead, if you will. And I'm presenting her to the Father. And he goes, way to go. That's what we're talking about. It's not thinking about today. It's thinking about that future time. That's what drives me as a husband. The day when I stand before God and present her. And right now, am I the kind of husband, the kind of man that is working and at, at washing her, at, at sanctifying her, at setting her apart, at bringing the word of God into our life and into the facets of our life, talking about it, working it, the, uh, and presenting her? That's what we're talking about, guys. I, I tell you, this is, for me personally, I'm like... I've had a wimpy view of a husband, and frankly, I don't mean to be arrogant about this, but in general, I've had a quite high view of husbands compared to most men. And I tell you, I walk away from this one, and I just go, (laughs) got a lot to go, right? Guys, I'm not here to beat you up today. I'm here for the purpose of letting you see what God's word really says. And it is intense. It is immense. And you have a choice. You can step up to the plate or say, I really don't want to go there. Thank you. You have that choice. But Jesus Christ betrayed him and he's sanctifying his church. And we do the same. Verse 28. In the same way, or just like that, husbands should. By the way, should does not mean like if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, that's okay. Literally, this word here is also has an imperative feel to it. It's an ought to. It's an obligation. You've been bound to an oath before God that you're going to do this. Frankly, whether you know it or not. But my prayer has been, I want for every guy to walk out of here today, at least knowing before God, what, how God views you and your responsibility, what that looks like. You've been bound by an oath. You are to be continually obligated to your, verse 28, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No, I don't love myself first before her 
I'll tell you, Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey's got it all wrong. I don't need to love me before I can love her. That is baloney. Because that's not what Christ did. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. It's kind of like this. Guys, I gave you one illustration Paul is saying. I'm going to give you another illustration. You know, it's kind of like you're supposed to take care of yourself. You know, that's a pretty easy thing to do, eat. We get that one. You know, like, like you eat and you feed yourself, you know, in that kind of way, guys, uh, that's what you're supposed to be doing with your wife. But remember to betray myself for her, so I'm feeding her, I'm nourishing her. How am I helping her? If she needs strength, am I giving her strength? If she needs encouragement, am I giving her encouragement? If she needs love, am I giving her love? Verse 33, let me kind of keep, I'm sorry, verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of the body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. Hey, doesn't that give us hope, guys, if you're kind of like, they're like, ah. This is, I've kind of got to figure that out. I'm with you. So is Paul. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. Oh, and then, by the way, P.S., preemptive for next week. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Uh, Step up to the love plate. Kiss yourself goodbye. Prepare her for a presentation. Turn to the right to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Let me fill this in here. Doug, how do I go about preparing her? 1 Peter 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 7. Peter is addressing wives in verses 1 through 6. It's interesting. In this passage, he's talking more about wives than he is about men. But in verse 7, he talks to men. And what's been happening in Peter is addressing the fact that in the culture of the day, women were kept down in the Roman Empire. They were treated like property in that day. And Christ comes along and all of a sudden they have a freedom that they've never known before. Never. And now their women are trying to wrestle with how to handle that freedom. And the guys, they're trying to wrestle with this freedom because they're struggling with things that are going on. And so Peter addresses it to them. And it also addresses the wives that have unsaved husbands that have come to Christ in the day in 1 through 6. We'll get to that next week. Verse 7. Likewise, uh, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Live with a present active. It's a continuous, not roommates, but it's one flesh living. Well, I am living with her. No, 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 not under a roof, not making the payments. Are you living with? Are you a unit? Are you the weaving? Are you one flesh together? That's what this is referring to. Live with. Study has found that the average couple spends 37 minutes a week talking one-on-one. Goodness, go figure why marriages are having some struggles. We spend more time talking to Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer's cool. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. Uh, live with, <laughs> live with in an understanding way. It's according to knowledge. Understanding is an, there's a knowledge, there's a cognitive. It's an ability to consider her. Guys, it's knowing her moods, it's knowing her fears, it's knowing her hopes, it's knowing her struggles, it's knowing what cranks her up and what excites her, and what, it's just knowing her. It's an ongoing task. It never stops ever. 
It's always going on, guys. Speaking of that, guys, if uh, I'll, I'll hit that later. Let me put it this way. Go to school on her, guys. Go to school on her. In fact, uh, I'll mention, there was a handout, and if you didn't get it, guys, it's out there for you. It has 50 questions to ask your wife. And on the back, it's kind of got some rating things there. And it's the type of thing where it's like, uh, if you don't know what to ask, and ladies, if you don't know what to ask, ladies, just don't get like, what do you mean he doesn't know what to ask? He's not a woman. And I mean that seriously. And trying to understand you. And sometimes we need to understand. We just need some help. So there's a list of questions there. Guys, I'd encourage you to pick three or five and ask during the week. And by the way, I don't care if you pick it up and say, hey, can I ask you some questions? And you pick it up. Wives, don't get critical. He's reading up a sheet. He's just doing it because Doug said so. He's doing it. But even better, have a couple in advance and then just kind of out of the blue ask in the car. I started asking a couple questions of Karen yesterday. Got some good feedback. Some things I need to work on. I appreciated it. Go to school on her. Uh, husbands, love your wives in an understanding way. Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. The honor, it's a continual seeing as having great value. It's showing her value with a place of very special honor. It's reverence. It's giving her prestige. It involves a husband seeking, hearing, and respecting her thinking and her feelings and her desires. You may not get it. You may not even agree with it. But you're working to understand her. And typically, guys, we're fixers. And Karen will come, and she just wants a shoulder to cry on her, to be held. And I've got plan A, B, C, and D all in place, and I'm learning it doesn't work so well. A weaker vessel, uh, not a wimp, not a lesser, but a prize vase. Not Tupperware. Not the everyday lady that does the wonderful tasks around. But a vase, something very special, something immense, something from God. And as we finish here, look at this last lines. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. You've got to understand, in the context of that day, the men needed to hear that. Because women were property. And now in Christ, they're heirs. They're equals. Equals with unique responsibilities. But look at this last line. Guys, why do you do this? So that your prayers may not be hindered. Dude. This is a spiritual issue. And over the years, I I love you enough here, I'm just going to be frank with you. Over the years, I'm just getting tired. Tired and weary. Of guys who know that the relationship at home bites. And yet they still think God is going to somehow bless them and use them in immense ways. It doesn't work that way. In fact, God says, guys, if it's not happening in your home, your prayers are going to be hindered out. This is a big, big, big deal, guys. This is a spiritual deal, guys. And in fact, let me clarify it this way. Uh, Let me just add to this. It's not all about... about, Did did you notice in all of this, all the discussion about the decision-making that that the guy's role has? 
Did you notice all the decision-making instructions that's given here? No. I cannot tell you how often over the years, I would say, I often do this, I've done this in the past on a regular basis with the guys together. I will sit there and I'll ask them, hey guys, what's your, what's your role as a husband? First thing that comes up is I'm a leader. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, okay. And, uh, and, and how is that carried out? In the decisions that are made. I'm the guy that makes the decisions first. And I just come back to Ephesians chapter 5 and I say, is that what that's saying? Uh, I, I want to tell you this. I have not used my decision-making trump card. Yeah, I do think you can't have two tigers on the top of the hill together. Someone does have to make the final decision, but I want to tell you, work it. I have not pulled out my husband trump card. I don't know when I've used that in the last long time. And I'm not trying to be arrogant with myself. I'm just trying to use an example. And guys, this is about loving, serving Christ on the cross. And I just, this way, husbands, uh, is this your view over here of what God's kind of husband is? Andrea, go ahead and hit this one. Is that your view of what you are? Let me tell you something. There is a throne. And there is a throne in heaven. And there is the mighty, almighty around, and, and, and the heavenly for saying, holy, 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 and all that's going on. But let me just remind us that that seat's taken. Okay, it, I, it's not my seat. That seat is taken. It, this whole thing is not talking about that kind of love, the interceding Savior for the world. It's talking about this kind of love over here. That is some intense love. This is about someone that stepped up to the plate. God, the Son of the Trinity, stepped up to the plate. He stepped up to the love plate. And he kissed himself goodbye from the heavenly home. For all those years he lived, mocked, His own creation in his face. For the purpose of being able to present his bride to himself, to the Godhead one day. He knew what our condition was. He had gone to school on us, if you will. And he knew what we needed. And husbands, I I get no thrill out of getting in your face today. Because I'm in my face today. But that's what God has called us to be. Ouch. Ouch. Right? Final, just suggestions. Single men, do you see what you need to be? Do you see what you need to be if one day you get married? And and is this kind of conduct happening in your dating or when you date? Are you working to be this kind of man? Because how you are doing today, just add ten years. Single women, is this the kind of man you're looking for? 
Does he, how does he conduct himself with you when he's dating? In your dating relationship, are you helping the guy to be this kind of guy? Ladies, again, do you see the massive responsibility that has been placed on your husband? Do you see it? Please feel the weight. Because next week makes no sense if this doesn't fit. Do you see the weight on your husband of him to betray himself for you? There's an aspect where you should go, I love it. <laughs> I love that. But there's a huge thing on him. And get on your knees for him. And consider like David at the end of Psalm 139. Oh God, what do I need to change in me to be honoring to you, ladies? And husbands, let me give you some suggestions. Get some resources. Get some books that fill in where I just can't go today. Get the books when sinners say I do and start reading that together with your wife. Chapter a week, read out loud together. We've got it out here. Just a great book about how to think about marriage. Guys, get the book Complete Husband. It's out here, 10 bucks, I think is our cost for it. It's out there. Get it. Do a chapter a week. It'll help you. It's very practical. My favorite guy's book. Another is make a list of where you are and how you're doing on these things. Uh, but, or ask your wife, honey, can you give me some suggestions and inputs? And wives go, he doesn't even know how to love me? Love him. Help him. Help him. Give him some practical things. Honey, give me a list of 25 ideas. I need some help. Yeah, I'm a guy. Guys, I love you. And we've got a real responsibility, don't we? Walk out of here, not discouraged. Walk out of here today like, wow. I got some things to work on. Be a hearer and a doer. Oh, by the way, at the end of the service, we're going to have some of our small group guy leaders up here and Maybe, guys, you just want to come up and just say, would you just pray for me for a minute at the end of the service when the song, last song's over? If you just want to come up, there's going to be some, some of our small group leader guys up here. Guys, if you want to come up and just say, hey, would you pray for me just for a minute that God would help me as I leave here today to make some changes in my life? And we'd love to pray for you for that. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, uh, this one's been a heavy one for me, having to be in this all week long. And uh, I've got some growth. All of us guys here have some growth to do. Lord, I would just pray by your help, by the work of the Spirit of God, Lord, would you help us guys to step up to the plate to realize that we have been called to be Mr. First Responsibilities before you. And Lord, if there's any guy who's got his head in the sand, would he pull his head out this morning and get in the game? Father, help us to daily kiss ourselves goodbye. I think, frankly, that's the hardest thing. And have the mindset that, yeah, our career is important, and yeah, our hobbies are fun, and yeah, friends, and yeah, these things. But God, give us a passion for our wives. And Lord, even if I don't feel the passion for my wife, God, out of obedience to you, may us as men step out and be doers of the word. 
guys who get, go to school on our wives and start maybe relearning or continuing to learn our wives so that we can be better men who prepare them for presentation one day. God, may that be the goal, the time when we present her before you. And it's going to be all worth it. It's going to be all worth it. Oh, Lord, thank you for our wives. And thank you for these guys. Help us. We love you. In Christ's name, amen.